You're listening to the Business in Morocco podcast, the podcast that discusses all things business and all things Morocco. My name is Ryan Mimone, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Kirk, and our goal is to share our knowledge and experiences in order to help you gain wisdom, skills, and habits that can help you succeed in business and in life. You can learn more about us by going to our website, moroccopodcast.com. All right, let's get started with today's episode. It's going to be a lovely day. Listening to episode eight of the Business in Morocco podcast. Today we'll be talking about what it means to be a great employee. But first, let's uh, get some updates from the week. Ryan, what's going on? Hey, Ryan. Not much. It's been a busy week. Things are really filling up for April. I think because we've got Ramadan coming one month from now. All the companies I'm in contact with are trying to book some training because they know, hey, nothing's going to happen during Ramadan. And then we've got a month before summer really hits. So we got to pull the trigger and get it going. So it'll be a really busy month, but I'm excited. I'm glad. What about you? How are things? Good. Also busy. So I've got to head back to the States uh, in about 10 days. I'll be gone for about two months doing some some business development, some meetings, and also taking some vacation time. Yeah. And it feels like I'm trying to stuff a lot into this <laughs> last two weeks. Yeah. Um, a lot of initiatives that I've been thinking about for a while are coming together. For example, uh, I think I've mentioned this artist that I'm a partner with here in Morocco. Uh-huh. And we've tried quite a few things to sell his paintings online, e-commerce. I've been able to schedule a meeting with a prominent retailer here in Morocco in order to sell his paintings in their stores. And I'm excited. It'll be the first time I've ever sat down and negotiated a vendor agreement with a a major retailer before, but I feel confident. I know the product, I know the retailer, the value proposition, so We'll see how the meeting goes. I'll update next week on how it went. That's exciting, man. Good luck. The other thing I'm working on is one of my clients, I'm running some ads from him, and he's getting these phone calls that have nothing to do with his business. So somehow, some way, since I started doing ads for him, his phone number is being associated with these other businesses. And people are calling, looking for these other businesses, but getting his office. Hmm. And this is a a big mystery to me because I've looked over everything that I've done and I've Google searched his phone number and his name. I cannot find his phone number associated with any other businesses on the internet. Uh, It also is presenting a challenge because there's some communication problems with this client. I am not fluent in French. He is not really fluent in English. Right. So there's some communication problems there. And and I try to say, when people call, you need to ask them how they got your phone number. Yeah. It will help me figure out what the problem is. Let's get some clues. Right. But we have yet to achieve that goal yet. (laughs) So he keeps telling me, hey, figure out this problem. I got people calling me and they don't want what my services are. Right. So get them to stop calling. 
Maybe it's a, you, maybe it's not just a challenge, but an opportunity. You can get a referral fee for these other businesses. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe there's some fruit there at the end of the tunnel. But he's like, can you call Google and figure out why these people are calling me? I'm like, not, not exactly. really. But I can contact them if we have some more information about these people who are calling you and where they got your phone number. Because right now there's no evidence to suggest why they're calling you. You just yeah. need to ask them. Yeah. How did you get this number? Right. And then we'll figure it out from there. So mystery right now. Hopefully we can solve that in the next few weeks. <laughs> Good luck again. All right, let's get into the topic of today, which is how to be a good employee. Ryan, what are your thoughts on this topic? The first thing that comes to mind is being proactive. Now, it's partially because I'm a teacher of the seven habits. I work with Franklin Covey, and this is habit number one. But taking initiative is key in every area of life, but especially in your career. You've got to go beyond your job description and not be waiting to be told explicitly what to do. So if you see a problem, solve it. Figure out how you can fix that problem. And also if you see an opportunity, take advantage of that. Take action to, to, better, to better the results of the company. A robot can only do what it's programmed to do. You know, a piece of software needs a developer that writes the program, tells it to do exactly what to do. Now, if that's the case with us as employees, that we can only do explicitly what our boss has told us to do, it's extremely limiting. And in that case, we're really just holding down the fort until a piece of software eventually replaces us. So we've got to go beyond specifically our job description and take initiative. Yeah, I completely agree. This is the, this is the person I'm looking for as my first employee. Someone I can give my overall vision for the company, yeah, our value proposition, our character, our attitude, the values of the company, and that person can digest it and go forward making autonomous decisions without me having to direct every single step. So they know our goal is to help our customers, help our clients find new clients. Mm-hmm to build their brand, to spread awareness, to convey their value proposition, to advertise their products and services. This is the goal. Any boss, I think, would be overjoyed if one of their employees came back with an idea or an accomplished task. Mm -hmm. Hey boss, I did this without asking you, but I knew that it was in line with your overall intent for the team, for the company, and here are the outcomes. Yeah, That's the employee that I'm looking for. Someone I can trust with autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Yeah. Another thing I'd add to this is character and attitude plays into what you're talking about, showing initiative, but having the right attitude when it comes to the initiative. I'm showing initiative in order to help the team in order to help the company, mm-hmm. which eventually is going to help me. Yeah. If you put the, the goals of the team and the company first, and you are someone who is reliably able to accomplish those goals and tasks of the company, improve the standing of the company, the results of the company, you are only going to move up. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's this, this situation in Morocco 
it's not just Morocco, it's around the world, where employees fear doing more. They fear doing things that are not necessarily directly in their job description because they don't want to offend their colleagues. Mm -hmm. And there's sensitivity about overstepping your bounds and maybe doing something that is someone else's job. Yeah. And my advice is ignore that. Don't intentionally offend people in an immoral way, but you cannot be worried about other people getting offended for you doing a good job. Mm-hmm. If you're going to stay in your little box for your entire life and you're never going to venture out of it, you're not going to be creative, you're not going to show initiative, you're going to be stuck mm-hmm. in your job and you're not going to move up and you're not going to get promoted. It's a good thing to have positive relationships with your colleagues, but you can't let it hold you back from learning new things and showing initiative. Yeah, and this, this comes back to the issue of trust. So if you and I are colleagues and there's something that is within your job description, but I can see that you need help and I help you with it, there's two ways you can interpret that. One is you can think, who does this guy think he is? Is he trying to make me look bad? Is Am I a threat? You can see me as threatening. Or you can say, well, that's amazing. That was so nice of Ryan to help me out. I really appreciate that. This guy's a great team player. And the difference comes down to how you view me, whether or not you trust my intentions. And we can be intentional about building trust in relationships with our boss, but also with our colleagues. And so if I've taken the time to build a relationship with you where you trust me, then you'll interpret my actions as being good and that you know I care about the team and I care about you and I'm not trying to make you look bad. I'm not trying to take over your role. I'm just making a contribution because I care. How do you build trust? Well, one way is when you help someone, after you're done helping them, you don't walk around the whole company telling everybody what you just did. What you do is you help them and you stay silent. Mm -hmm. You let them take the credit Mm -hmm. for the outcome. Right. Eventually, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, the idea of long-term versus short-term thinking. Doing something good and taking immediate credit is short-term thinking. Yeah. It may puff you up in the moment, but long-term it's a bad idea because you're gonna erode trust. Yeah. The long-term thinking, the way to help people with the long-term in mind is to help them and just be quiet about it. Yeah. Eventually, your reputation in the organization is that you are helpful mm-hmm. without stealing the limelight, yeah. without taking all of the credit. And your successes will just follow you throughout the organization and eventually you'll have the reputation for someone who's helpful and gets things done. And that's how you get promoted. Mm-hmm. That's how you stay employed and that's how you get promoted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely takes long-term thinking. This guy screwed up. You're gonna help him out and make him look fine, cover over his mistake, and then he's gonna get promoted or he's gonna get the credit, and you're left behind. But the way that I view it is, the truth's gonna come out. You know, eventually. The truth will always come out. When you talk about your career, you talk about doing work. Having a long-term mindset is very important. Even if your organization doesn't recognize your value, if you maintain an attitude of initiative, mm-hmm. honesty, being positive and flexible, willing to try new things, 
having an enduring education mindset. I'm always new, learning a new skill. I'm always improving my abilities and my capacities. I'm teaching others what I know. If you just make this a daily habit, mm-hmm. you will move up. Yeah. Someone will recognize it. Maybe not someone in your organization, but you're going to have contact with people in other companies. People will be viewing you. They'll be seeing how productive and positive you are. Yeah. I will tell you, I'm always looking. Wherever I go, I'm always watching. And I'm looking for cues. Is this person honest? Is this person humble? Mm-hmm. Is this person a hard worker? Yeah. I'll tell you right now, there's someone in Casablanca who stands at an intersection and sells things. And he does it all the time. And he works incredibly hard. And I have my eye on him. And eventually, one day, I'm going to engage him. Because to me, he has shown initiative. He has shown endurance. He has shown a work ethic. Yeah. And he could be doing a lot more than selling tissues in the middle of the street. Right. And my advice to our listeners is have a long-term mindset. Believe that someone is always watching. Yeah. A great thinker once said, Character is what you do when no one is watching. Right. And if you're always acting like no one, like somebody's watching you, someone will be eventually and they'll take notice. This episode is brought to you by London Academy. London Academy Casablanca is a trilingual smart school that provides an enhanced education through the Moroccan and international English language curriculum. Their innovative educational approach, based on advanced information technology, sports, critical thinking, together with the international experience of their qualified teachers, enables their students to be prepared for the skills needed in the 21st century. London Academy says, we are the future, and these aren't just words painted on a wall. I've seen their students learning to program, building robots, developing problem-solving skills, There's a definite focus on IT and preparing students to succeed in the information age. London Academy, the first smart school in Morocco where learning is serious fun. Now back to the show. I mean, this happens to me as as a professor because I'm interacting with, let's say, 150 20-year-olds in a week in my classes and I'm seeing who they are and how they are as students but I also have a lot of friends in the business world and often I get asked by friends by people I work with hey do you know any young people that I can hire I've had multiple business owners and people in corporations say I'm looking for somebody with these skills do you know anybody because it's really difficult to find good people and the hiring process is expensive very time-consuming and not always effective. And so if you can shortcut that with a recommendation, it's an incredible it's an incredible hack. And they ask me and I I think through my students, I think through all the people in my classes and rack my brain to come up with somebody that I would recommend that I think, yeah, this person could be working 15 hours a week right now, full-time during the summer, that could lead to a job after they graduate. I really recommend this person. I rack my brain to think of somebody because my students are not on their best behavior when they're in class. They're not thinking to themselves, hey, I'm at a job interview, I need to 
demonstrate that I'm valuable, they kind of let their guard down and reveal the true self. They reveal who they, they really are. And so when I see students, uh, they're, they're showing up late, they're not really paying attention, they're just on their phone the whole time, they're not engaged, they're doing poor work, they're copying someone else's assignment. This tells me about the type of person they are and I'm never gonna recommend them. And sadly, it's hard for me to think of somebody with these kind of attributes that we're talking about. Somebody who has character, somebody who is hardworking, somebody who is continuously learning, who cares about developing themselves, who's helpful, who's positive, who's humble. It's hard to find these people. Yeah, there is an idea that you get your job here through who you know. It's a, it's a global phenomenon. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. In some cases that's true, but in many more cases, it's who you are. It's who you are and then who you know. Right. If you do a great job and no one's able to recognize that, no one's able to see it, then yeah, it may take a little bit longer for you to move up in the world. But like you said, you're watching your students. And I do the same thing. I have the highest standard for whether or not I'm going to recommend somebody. I think that some of our listeners, one of the things I'd like to really communicate to them is business owners care a lot about their brand. Mm -hmm. If you don't care about your brand, you are going to go out of business. And so as an employee, your mindset needs to be, what can I do to make sure I'm giving the brand a good reputation? And if someone has the confidence in you that you're going to be responsive, courteous, reliable, energetic, positive, that you are going to convey the brand in a positive way so that the business can continue, can exist. There, there are very serious stakes for a business. It is the livelihood of people. It is very hard to run a profitable business. You need to take it very, very seriously. And as an employee, if you can appreciate this, how serious the business owner is about their brand, then you can act that way and the, the owner or the manager will be willing to recommend you or hire you or promote you, have confidence in you. Mm -hmm. It saddens me to hear that your students don't realize that they're in a situation where they could be handed opportunities. Yeah. If they just demonstrated the kind of character and the habits and the skills that are worthy of being recommended. Right. Another thing I very much appreciate in a colleague or an employee is perseverance. You have a job because problems need to be solved. Yeah. You don't have a job because you stop when you find the first challenge or you stop when you are confronted with an obstacle or a challenge. Mm -hmm. When my employees would come to me in the past and they would say to me, I'm experiencing this obstacle A, B, or C, my first question was, do you need me to solve this problem for you? Literally, I was asking them, does your position, your job description, your authority level, is it insufficient to accomplish this task? Right. And if the answer was truly yes, then I was happy to take it on. Yeah. But most of the time, they realize that it was within their capacity and their authority. I would give them their advice, the advice, and they would go and accomplish the task. Yeah. So I appreciate in someone perseverance. You come to an obstacle and you go around it. Yeah. The value of an employee is figuring out how to solve problems and not being stopped. 
You're not afraid to take on tough tasks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to instill this in my kids. I'll ask them to do something and they'll come back and present a challenge. They'll say, oh, well, you know, I couldn't find this or this was here and I, and I say, so so what are you gonna do about it? Push through, think of how to solve that problem. They, they wanna just go as far as is simple and then come back to me and help them overcome some obstacle. And sometimes, sure, it is something that requires the next level, but a lot of times it's not. They've just been, been lazy or fearful or problems oriented rather than solutions oriented. So I'm trying to build this in my kids. And I released a YouTube video recently talking about the importance of embracing problems, recognizing that our rewards from the marketplace are in direct proportion to the size of the problems we're capable of solving. And that as we tackle something difficult, as we overcome a challenge, it grows our capacity to take on bigger and bigger problems. And once we get to a place where we're solving problems that very few others are willing to or capable of solving, we offer a lot of value in a company or in the marketplace and we'll be rewarded for that. I have a great example of that. When I used to work at a logistics company, we had a a big problem dealing with data, metrics for our performance as an organization. We delivered hundreds of thousands of packages every week. in order to understand how we were doing in terms of on-time delivery, lost packages, damaged packages, metrics like this, we needed software tools Mm -hmm. to help us digest the information and put it into reports so that we could communicate to our customers, this is how we did this week, here's an explanation for why we missed the mark or why we didn't perform as well this week. And I had a colleague in our IT department, his name was Mike, and at some point I got so frustrated with the tools that we had, I just went to him, I conveyed to him, here's my problem. And he built from scratch the tools that I needed. He was positive, he was a good listener, he was flexible, he built great tools. Yeah. If you ever worked in an organization, you know that the IT people are usually overwhelmed. Everyone is asking them for doing A, B, C, D, can you do this, can you do this? They, they have a full plate. Yeah. But I specifically remember that he was so helpful and so responsive and he created these great tools that made my life incredibly easier. That to this day, I just had some email communication with him a few weeks ago. I thought of him when I said, I wanna develop uh, a software tool. Yeah. I wanna, I wanna start an online business, a SaaS business, software as a service. I immediately thought of him and I reached out to him and I'm, we're talking about starting an online business where he would be the developer and I would be the front end kind of marketing guy. And the reason I thought of him was because of his attitude and his performance and the way that he carried himself within the organization. And this was five years ago. Right. Yeah, that's another example of long-term thinking. You were a colleague or director of his five years ago and because of his work ethic, because of his helpfulness, it's bearing fruit now, five years later. We've danced around this idea of working hard and I'm really grateful for a lesson my dad gave me when I had my, it was my first kind of hourly wage job or corporate job if you will, well, not corporate job, but I was working for a corporation. My first job was working at a hamburger restaurant I was a high school student and was basically getting paid a few dollars for an hour of my time. And so I'd have these shifts, you know, you go from 4.30 to 9.30 and you make hamburgers or make french fries. One of the things my dad told me was, this employer has bought your time. 
And so when you're there and you've committed, I'm going to work for you for these hours, you need to work the whole time. So if you if there's no customers and there's no burgers cooking or no french fries cooking and you've cleaned the grill, don't just stand around. There's always something that can be done. If you stand around, in a way, you are stealing from your employer because they have paid you for this time and you need to offer a lot of value in working hard. So he just said, pick up a broom. So when the grill's clean and there's no customers, pick up a broom and sweep the floors. Just always look for something you can be doing so that you're giving your employer more than they're paying you for. And I see this all the time in, in different businesses around here. Where, and this has become a huge problem because of smartphones. So wherever I'm working, if there's a break or there's, there's a downtime, I can immediately turn to my phone and be doing my own thing, just completely tuned out from what I could be offering at the company. And so this attitude of, no, while I'm here at the office, while I'm here at this place of business, I'm gonna give 100% from, from the time I arrive till the time I leave. Sure, I take a lunch break or whatever, but I wanna give my employer great value. Not be fast forwarding my work so that I can just chill out and play on social media on my phone. Yeah, I have a client who has a receptionist and we were going over her monthly expenses, trying to find efficiencies, trying to increase her net income. And she gave me the job description for the receptionist and I know I noticed on her expense sheet that she also had someone who cleaned the office. So there were two different people. She was paying the receptionist one salary and a cleaner another salary. And I said, this is not right. Your receptionist basically sits here all day doing nothing, looking at her phone. You need to tell her that part of her job description now is to clean the office every day. And her answer to me was, she said no. The receptionist said, no, I will not do that additional work. And my response was, you should fire her. And that's the mindset that you would have. As an employee, if your reputation is, no, I won't do more, yeah. or this is not my job, yeah. You're on the chopping block. You may have a job right now, but eventually one day it'll come to the point where you don't have a job anymore. Right. Because you do the bare minimum. Whereas if you had a reputation for asking your employer, what more can I do? Mm -hmm. You're going to move up in the world. Yeah. I, I would imagine that has a lot to do with class and the receptionist thinking, no, I'm not wearing a white coat. I'm not a hedema. I'm not a cleaner. That's, that's below me. And so I'm not willing to mop a floor or vacuum. I am sitting at a desk answering phones or using a computer. Even though there's hours and hours unaccounted for and you could easily fill the time doing more productive work than playing on your phone, it's pride. It's definitely pride. One story I'll tell is one of my clients is a very successful entrepreneur generates millions of durhams in revenue and profit every year. And he changes light bulbs. There's no task in his business that is too low for him. Hmm. He does what it takes to run the business. And if you want to succeed in this world, you want to get to the point where you're running a business that produces millions of durhams in profit, your mindset needs to be, I will take out the trash. I will change a light bulb. I will dust the table. I will mop the floor. Mm -hmm. That's how you get to be successful. 
You've been listening to the Business in Morocco podcast. My name is Ryan Kirk, here with my co-host, Ryan Maimon. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download our entire library of podcasts on our website, moroccopodcast.com, where you'll also find extra resources related to each episode in the show notes, including a transcript of the show. If you've got a question or topic you think we should cover on the podcast, fill out the form on moroccopodcast.com or email us at ryan at moroccopodcast.com and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Our theme music is Lovely Day by Bill Withers, used under Creative Commons, and we hope you'll have a lovely day doing business in Morocco. We'll see you next time.